1: Hello, and welcome to Around the Corner. I'm Matt Schlichting, joined as always by Brian Hemminger. Brian, we've got a new name, don't we? Yeah,
0: it sounds like uh, the reception for Around the Corner was very positive, and it makes sense, you know? it's works with the new name for uh, Let's Go Tribe covering the corner. So it uh, plays into that. Plus, you know, around the corner is something people say about, you know, what's coming up, uh, you know, around the corner, around the bend, all that kind of stuff. But uh, and that's what's happening, you know. So uh, so just like with the Indians on deck, you know, being the next batter up uh, now, we've got around the corner. So these are the next guys uh, on the way to Cleveland.
1: I think it's a lot of fun. And it's like some of the other ideas that were tossed out. Good. Very nice. Thank you everyone for contributing. But there was just sort of consensus around huh, this one.
0: I like it. Yeah, I think it'll grow on me too. The way you said around the corner, I liked it. That that made it just a lot smooth. It just felt right in my head.
1: Now so you're just like, patted me on the back, like <laughs> slapped my chest a little bit. I'm stretching over here, like, okay, yeah, all right. Around the corner. Look what you've done. Oh. <laughs> Give a guy a little confidence and he goes crazy. There you go. You should take the intro to the next thing because I'll try to dunk it and I'll miss.
0: (laughs) Um, So let's start with the roster stuff. Obviously, they already have their 26-man roster. They've made you know whittled it down to that. We've seen how they've performed so far through a week two and three. Uh, Offense has actually hit the ball pretty well. Just hasn't quite been as lucky as we'd we'd like. Uh, Pitching has been great. So about what you would expect. Um, So let's talk about what the other options are um, in terms of that five-man taxi squad that say something happens, somebody gets exposed, somebody tests positive, they've got five emergency guys they can plug in. And it seems like what they were going for with this uh, five-man taxi squad is to have one player that they can kind of plug into all the roles in each role out of the five. Uh, And that is they, they added a catcher. A pitcher, an infielder, an outfielder. But I know that they had Ryan Lavarnway, who's the the going to be like potentially backup catcher. Kyle Nelson, oh two pitchers, yeah. Kyle Nelson and Anthony Gose as uh, both relievers, backup relievers. Outfielder is Harold Ramirez, uh, you know, veteran outfielder that actually did have an okay spring. Uh, and then other taxi squad member was Ernie Clement, yeah, he because he can uh, kind of super utility it. Um, on all of the three main infield positions. Um, And that's okay. That seems like that'll work because say a starter goes down for pitching, um, they have got Quantrill already available out of the bullpen to step in and do a a spot start. So they've already got that basically as a permanent taxi squad.
1: Well, and even right now, the way they're using McKenzie and Logan Allen, that's basically they're just, I think, going to, that's a whole other question we can get into is whether they're going to piggyback again. But cool. What a great idea. Instead of just having one of them sit like they used to do with Tomlin.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or send one down and then just keep up an extra guy on the roster. I think that that's great that they let them do the the piggyback start. And they, and it worked. I mean, yeah, they, it did. Went almost nine innings combined and gave up three runs.
1: What the heck are you supposed to do when you see a lefty with some decent gas and stuff, and then all of a sudden this righty comes in throwing directly over the top at 97? Like, what? Yeah. That's an amazing combination. I kind of will, I, I want to see them keep doing it. Honestly, it was fun.
0: Yeah, and then Karen Chat came in and got one out and went complete psycho. Uh, got his strikeout. <laughs> I was at the game on on uh, Monday. I uh, I tried to go to the every home opener for the past uh, like five years or so. I thought uh, Logan Allen looked good. He uh he he had a bit of a rough start. You know, he had the bases loaded in the first inning, but got out of it. Then he uh, fell behind Whit Merrifield and gave up a big two run bomb on a three zero pitch that he basically threw middle middle. So. Uh, But then after that home run that he gave up in the second inning, uh, he just settled in and he was mowing people down. Uh, I think he got like the last eight or nine guys out in a row and then he was on cruise control and then they took him out. They took him out at like 70 pitches. I wish that they'd let him get one more inning in because he he clearly could have gone another inning.
1: They must have told him going into the game like, hey, you're pitching this many innings. <laughs> so I wonder if that's part of the reason he stayed. So it may
0: effective. not have been innings. It may have been like times through the order because yeah. I believe Merrifield was coming up again and he had had some trouble getting him out. So and then McKenzie came in and he looked good, too. Uh, he was they they both were topping out at about 93 miles an hour. Uh, 93 is great from a lefty. Uh, McKenzie, I was hoping would be a little harder, but uh, first start of the season or first appearance of the season since he did come out of the bullpen, so maybe he didn't get to do his full routine. I mean, he he held the 93 the whole time in the ninth when he was pitching before he got pulled. He was still throwing 93, so that was good to see. So hopefully, you know, we can see that velocity be sustained. I know that that was a bit of an issue last year where at the beginning of the season, he was throwing 95, 96 and his first start, even hit 97. Then by the end of the season is one of his last starts. He was throwing like 90. Uh, I would like for him to sustain that mid nineties fastball because uh, one of his best pitches is his fastball because he has such good deception and such long limbs like hitters have a, sh- a shorter time to react to it. If it has that extra one or two miles an hour, that makes the world of a difference because uh, when he's locating it, it's that much harder to hit. I'm hoping that he can just keep that velocity up. And then Karen check. I was just happy to see him because he's a complete psycho and uh, he's just screaming at himself the whole time. And, Got the guy to strike out on like three or four pitches and then was just yelling and screaming at himself the whole way to the dugout. It was awesome. So that was my experience uh, in terms of uh, the game. Um, all right, well, let's talk about minor leaguers. I think the the taxi squad is pretty solid. We are going to see Anthony Ghost at some point this year. I mean, the guy throws 100 miles an hour as a lefty, and it seems like he's really starting to learn how to pitch on top of that. It's not just a guy that throws hard at this point.
1: But the nice thing is... Uh- a lefty who throws 100 is still the sort of thing that, yeah, yeah, I mean, if if half of the balls he throws are anywhere near the plate, that's effective some days. We'll let him try. <laughs> so if he's also a decent thrower of the ball, then great.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited for our bullpen. I mean, because we've already got Class A coming in throwing 101 every pitch, <laughs> uh, and then a 90-plus mile-an-hour slider. I think they said Today, his slider averaged faster than Savali's fastball in Savali's last start.
1: It just doesn't make sense. I mean, that's sense. just
0: hilarious. That's hilarious. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just pumped about our bullpen because we've got Classe throwing uh, 101. Yeah, Karinczak throwing 97. You've got Steven throwing 98. Uh, and then on the bull just waiting to come up, you've got uh, Ghost throwing 100. Henkes throwing 100. You've got who else. Nick Sandlin throwing 96 sidearm. Yeah, I mean it's just nasty. It's just completely nasty. So, I'm really excited about what what's coming. So, let's talk about the alternate site though. Um they did announce all the members of the alternate site. So, in terms of catchers, backup besides Lavarney, they've got uh, Gavin Collins, Mike Rivera. Um they were both draft picks. Uh I believe uh Collins can also play like a little third base. So he's a little bit more super utility, but good hitter. Rivera is more of a pure defensive type of catcher, but he was also a relatively high draft pick from what I remember out of like Florida. uh, But he hasn't really hit that well in the minors. And Eric Rodriguez, who is not super familiar to me, I'd have to look up some more information on him. Um, In terms of pitchers at the alternate site, we've got uh, some really intriguing arms. Uh, Robert Broom, another side armor uh, from that same draft as Sandlin. Uh, Joey Cantillo, you know, one of the big uh, prospects we got in the Clevenger trade. Good, uh, I believe, lefty. Then Kyle Dowdy, the only thing we have remaining from the Willie Castro trade. Uh, He also throws in the upper 90s, like 98, 99. Sam Henkes, who I mentioned. Uh, DJ Johnson, I think just a veteran. Uh, Kirk McCarty, a starter. Um, I think a lefty, but uh, with a good strikeout rate. Gene Carlos Mejia, who's on the 40-man roster. Uh, Nick Mikulaychuk. A lot of people are high on him uh, as a bullpen arm. And I will mention that after seeing him, he should also be uh, joining Tristan McKenzie on the all hair team. He has got some flow going. So if you remember, somebody asked us about uh, the best haircuts in the minors. Nick, since Tristan McKenzie isn't uh, in the minors anymore, I think it might go to uh, Nick Mikulaychuk. So just letting you know. Uh, then veteran Blake Parker, who also made it through, uh, without getting claimed, uh, Sandlin, who I mentioned, uh, Dalbert Siri, another intriguing back of the bullpen arm, uh, Tanner Tully, a veteran lefty out of Ohio state. From what I remember, uh, kind of soft tossing, but, uh, gets out and Daniel Young, who I'm not familiar with, uh, infielders in that squad are, uh, Gabriel Arias, Bobby Bradley, Jose Fermin, Nolan Jones, Tyler Krieger, and Owen Miller, Um, and outfielders Daniel Johnson, Oscar Mercado, Connor Maribel, and Bradley Zimmer. So that is the alternate training site. Those are the guys that are chilling right now, getting a lot of reps in Columbus, uh, waiting for their turn.
1: So that's just sort of a consequence of there not being any minor league games right now. This is just a place where they've got enough guys to presumably get in simulated games. I can't imagine they would waste their time doing anything else at this point, right? Other than your typical workouts that you would be doing throughout a season.
0: Yeah, there were two other players that would be on this squad, but apparently they are... Uh, still in Goodyear, working on some injuries. Scott Moss has some kind of neck issue, and Eli Morgan apparently has some forearm soreness. So I just wanted to mention that too. So hopefully it's nothing serious, but those are both guys that are on the 40 man. And hopefully, uh, you know, it's not nothing serious and they're ready to go by minor league opening day. Because those would both be in Columbus's rotation if uh, everything is going well.
1: Now, I know one of the other things we wanted to talk about today was how some of our former prospects are doing out in the wild. These would be guys who have left the organization for one reason or another, but are popping their heads up now and again. And I would say if you guys listen to the podcast and anyone comes to mind who you'd like to hear about, almost as in a whatever happened to this guy, let us know. It might be fun to do some investigative work. Uh, so the initial one that I was, of course, going to bring up was Kai Tom. Um, so I I have a little report about him. Brian, if you could pick any of the many that are out there to hunt down, who would it be? Uh,
0: well, I'll start with guys we lost in the Rule 5. So you, Kai Tom was one, and then the other mm-hmm. one I'll go with is uh, Luis Oviedo. So you start with uh, Kai Tom.
1: He got his very first Major League hit as an Oakland Athletic. Something that I think should be celebrated. Uh, We did lose him in the Rule 5 draft, and it it looks like they're going to keep him if he's getting playing time and critically doing something with it, which I'm excited for the guy. I'm happy I you if for some reason you're listening to this and don't believe me. Boy, do we have previous episodes. <laughs> I've been rooting for him for a long time, and it would be cool to see him get a legitimate shot. he started a little bit cold, but he broke through. So.
0: And he got an inning pitched the other day. I don't know if you saw that.
1: Yeah, you sent that to me. I <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to look uh, into it. Oakland
0: was getting killed, so uh, Kai Tom came in and pitched an inning.
1: You do what you got to do.
0: I'll mention Luis Oviedo. Um, now... He was selected in the Rule 5 draft by the Pirates. What's interesting is he had never pitched above single-A Lake County. So that means he'd never pitched at high-A, he'd never pitched at double-A, and he'd never pitched at triple-A, and they selected him anyway. And so far, so good for Oviedo. He's made two appearances. He's pitched three innings. He's allowed one hit. It was a solo home run, but no walks, no hit batters, five strikeouts. So I'm thinking, you know, obviously it's early. I don't think he's coming back either, unfortunately. So he's looking pretty sharp. No uh, butterflies in his MLB debut.
1: I think there is something interesting about pitchers where sometimes a guy's just ready to go because the stuff is good enough. And I guess that may end up being the case with him. The Indians were going to be a little slower and didn't think someone would jump and give him a shot. But hey, if he gets it and nails it, awesome. He, he deserves the paycheck. <laughs>
0: uh, I'll mention another one. Uh, this one was a relatively recent trade. I mentioned him earlier, uh, Willie Castro. We gave him up because we needed a center fielder desperately. I think uh, Bradley Zimmer was hurt, and like all the guys we were trying were not working out. Um, so we traded Willie Castro to the Tigers for Leonis Martin, who did play well for a week. Then he had that blood infection thing that almost killed him, missed the rest of the season, and then he stunk the next year, and we we released him after a couple months. Uh, and we also got Kyle Dowdy, who has not yet m- appeared at the majors, but he's close. Uh, he was actually Rule 5 drafted from us, but got returned last year, or uh, in 2019, I think. Still a part of our organization, at least. So we still have something for Willie Castro, but uh, I think the Tigers have won that trade already, because uh, Castro made a brief appearance in 2019 with the tigers last year in 36 games after getting called up he batted 349 with a 381 on base percentage hit six home runs 24 runs batted in uh and finished fourth in the rookie of the year voting pretty impressive i think
1: it's a heck of a start
0: yeah Uh, You know, we did have somebody on the Rookie of the Year voting. Uh, Karen Jack finished sixth, believe it or not. So pretty good for him. Uh, But yeah, so Willie Castro killing it. And then he's off to a bit of a slow start with the Tigers, but he is their starting shortstop at this point. Uh, Other players that I definitely want to mention, Julian Merriweather. Do you remember him? I sure do. He was a lightning hard thrower uh, in our minor league system. And I liked him a lot. Uh, He was one of those guys that we drafted as a college senior and gave him like a bare minimum contract because that's the only contract he was going to get. And he was pitching really well for us. And then he got hurt, had to have Tommy John surgery. And then we traded him while he was recovering from Tommy John surgery to get Joe Smith back as a rental for maybe a third of a season. Uh, Merriweather made it back up to the majors, uh, got called up in 2020 as a bullpen guy. Uh, he actually did get three starts, uh, this year he is coming in as the closer for, uh, the blue Jays. And so far he's got two games, two saves, two innings, five strikeouts, and he's throwing 99 miles an hour. Looks like he's going to be a contender for rookie of the year as well. (laughs) A couple other guys, um, Rob Kaminsky, if you remember him, basically we, he was one of the top prospects in the Cardinals organization and we got him for Scott Moss. Um, And then he just kept getting hurt for like three straight years, basically barely pitched for three seasons. And then finally seemed like he had a nice healthy season. And then I think he was a minor league free agent and we just let him go. I don't think we traded him or anything. And he went right back to the Cardinals and they called him up last year. Uh, during the, the COVID season he had a 1.93 era in five games spanning uh 4.2 innings didn't you know strike a lot of people out he uh three strikeouts two walks he has not yet appeared this year so I don't think he's on their uh, roster at the moment but he he got to make that uh, he made it to the show so another guy that uh made it to the show another one I want to mention is Sam Haggerty. Now, if you remember, we traded him to the Mets, and I'm trying to remember who we traded him for. So give me a second. Oh, my God. We traded him for Kevin Ploiecki. So he got called up to the show in 2019. He did not get a hit, uh, but he only had four plate appearances in 2019. He did score two runs, so it looks like he was used as a bit of a pinch runner at times because he is blazing fast. He got released, but the Mariners picked him up. And then last year, he had uh, 13 games, batted 260, stole four bases, you know, put up uh, decent numbers. You know, it looks like he's kind of a utility backup guy for the Mariners this season as well. So he's only played in, uh, appeared in one game so far, but you know, he's in the show. So another guy that, you know, we gave up on that's in the show. I'm trying to think, oh, Mark Mathias was the other one I wanted to, to look up. We traded Mark Mathias. Who did we trade him for? Huh? We gave up Mark Mathias for minor league catcher Andres Melendez. So, for who? Yep. <laughs> he may had a 16 games last year and in 16 games he batted 278.
1: Yeah, I remember he had consequential at bats for the Brewers, correct? Yep,
0: for the Brewers. Um he did not earn a walk though, believe it or not. Batted 278. Three doubles, no homers. Looks like, uh, you know, another guy made it to the show. So good for Mark Mathias. Those are those are the ones I wanted to touch on. I'm actually working on an extensive article about all the times, basically dating back to about 2016 when we made the, the Miller trade, giving up, you know, Clint Frazier and Justice Sheffield. Um, and believe it or not, I think every player we gave up has made it to the show out of the four players we gave up to to get um, uh, Miller for uh, the last two and a half years of his contract.
1: The interesting thing to watch for in that analysis, though, is I think going to be how many guys were truly above like replacement level or a few seasons of everyday player level, because I would say a top prospect, maybe it's not super unreasonable to say, yeah, he'll have about three seasons where he's definitely going to get you two and a half to three wins because that's basically lonnie chisenhall right he could have been a 30 or 40 win career player but his darn calves and so (laughs) (laughs) there is one other thing we can do in this void of time before games begin again and that is to take listener questions I will get us started with one from Andrew Kinsman, longtime moderator at coveringthecorner.com, asks Did you see that Morgan and Moss weren't sent to the alternate site, but were instead optioned to double A, staying in Goodyear? What's your take on that and how it places them in the starting, pitching, pecking order?
0: Well, as I mentioned, Moss was sent down because of his injury. So, what was the other one? Was it Morgan? Or didn't Morgan, it, Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was both because of injuries. That's why. It has nothing to do with how they were performing or anything else. It's just that they can't actually be in Columbus doing their thing yet. So they, I'm doing air quotes, sent them to double A. Uh, and then they're just basically chilling right now in Goodyear rehabbing.
1: So they're working so on that's, their not being hurt. Doing. Yeah.
0: That's, that's all that is. Fear not. You'll be okay. Uh, hopefully. And, uh, That's the only reason. Otherwise, they would clearly be in Columbus.
1: Uh, Our next question, E3 Productions, asks three questions. List your top three guys that will be called up in June. Number two, is it a make or break year for Jimenez, given all the talent behind him ready to go? Number three, who gets traded at the deadline if we stink? Better yet, are we sellers at the deadline? Returning to number one, list your top three guys that will be called up in June. Brian says
0: top three guys. um, I would say somebody out of the bullpen for sure. I'm thinking Kyle Nelson. Um, And then I think Bobby Bradley is getting called up, especially if Bowers continues to struggle. And if this gamble experiment doesn't work out, then I think it'll be either Zimmer or Daniel Johnson. One of the two, Uh, somebody, a left-handed outfielder that can play center field.
1: I bet you see all of those guys at some point by yeah, the it. Maybe
0: before June, honestly. Yeah. yeah,
1: with the way that a certain Jake Powers is swinging the baseball bat, he is certainly not making the impression that one would hope he would make, knowing that this is his last shot with the team. That won't be our problem in two weeks or so, won't it? So, I, I broadly agree with that list of three guys. So I say we move on to number two again, which, just for review, was make or break year for Jimenez. What do you think? Is that true because of the pressure behind him?
0: A ton of pressure because we do have an opening at second base next year. So yes, there are some really good players coming up, um, but one of them is going to slot in at second base almost certainly next year. So I'm not feeling terrible if Jimenez, you know, gets off to a bit of a slow start, but because he's already proven, I mean, last year he he had a higher WRC plus than Lindor, believe it or not, as a shortstop, and he's just as good defensively. So I think as long as he has a really good defensive year and he doesn't embarrass himself offensively, he's he might have the job right now. The other, somebody would really have to push him. And we do have some great middle infield prospects, but uh, I don't think Arias has ever played above high A and Freeman has never hit double A or triple A yet. You know, those guys are probably at this point fighting for the second base job for next year, uh, unless, you know, Jimenez completely, you know, collapses and has the huge sophomore slump or he gets hurt.
1: Right. Which I don't necessarily think is possible. The one thing I, I feel strongly about, uh, it occurs to me in thinking about this is that shortstop is a position you kind of don't mess with in the long run. Mm hmm. I don't know that it's quite like franchise quarterback is in the NFL, but you should have one or two guys that when they're the shortstop that day, they're the guy in the infield. They're calling outs and plays and bases. And I I feel like you commit to someone if you're the Cleveland Indians and say like, hey, at least for this season or next season, you're the guy. We're
0: platooning it right now. It seems like Francona wants to use... Rosario at short against lefties. And since Jimenez is a left-handed hitter, he's using him against righties.
1: Yeah. And if those are the two guys, awesome. I I just, I I feel like you have to commit at shortstop the same way you do at catcher, maybe. Maybe I'm old-fashioned in that way, but I think baseball has weird little wrinkles where you can fit this sort of dumb, old-fashioned stuff.
0: Yeah, I think for sure Rosario is getting traded at some point. By uh, the the start of next season, um, because we just have too much depth and he's just taking up a space that I think some younger, perhaps better players might be able to to fill in, Uh, especially after seeing him defensively. Uh, I was, as I mentioned, at the game on Monday and the one mistake that Logan Allen made when he fell behind uh, uh, Whit Merrifield and then gave up the two run bomb, that never should have even happened because... He had two outs. Guy hit the ball up the middle. Rosario looked like he ranged to his left, went right into his glove, and then went right out of his glove. Should have been an out at first base. And they did not actually give him an error. And they totally should have, 100%. I was there. He should have made that play. And I was actually really mad that they did not give him an error, mainly because I have Logan Allen on my fantasy team. But still, so that run, both runs ended up being earned. And it was a play that Jimenez would have made. You know, I don't want to bring up sour grapes, but that Lindor would have made. Uh, He's just not as good defensively. He's not good enough defensively to play shortstop long-term for us. So,
1: Do you feel then that he could be one of the pieces that gets moved at the deadline?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I thought he was going to get moved like to the Reds before the start of the season, even because Right now they're starting Eugenio Suarez at shortstop, so
1: he can surprise you. But he's—you're right. I think he had he's two like, errors uh,
0: on opening day.
1: Yeah, having him at shortstop is like having Daryl Armstrong as your starting point guard. Yeah, you don't start the season expecting great things. Maybe something yeah. good'll happen. Daryl Armstrong was a fine point guard, but his best year, he was the sixth man. And then suddenly he's running the show and boy, was that strange, but fun. Uh, our last question comes from Glenn Longwell. Once again, thank you. Oh, Glenn. I think we
0: needed to address the trade as oh, well.
1: I was being sneaky and, and pulling the host uh, curtain all up in your head. <laughs> well,
0: you, you did partially address it by mentioning Rosario, uh, but say, you know, My
1: graceful segue thwarted. <laughs>
0: It was good. It was a good segue to it. And then we just didn't segue to it. Um, but uh, if everything falls apart this season, I don't think it will. But if for some reason we are sellers at the deadline, it's the guys with one year deals. So Rosario has gone. Hernandez is gone. Uh, and I'm talking Eddie Rosario, not uh, maybe Amon Rosario, but uh, Eddie Rosario and Cesar Hernandez for sure. Those would probably be the top two candidates. Maybe if somebody wants Brian Shaw, if he looks good. I think he's on a one-year deal. So those would probably be the top choices for uh, trade candidates for me. I really can't think of anybody else that people would want at this point, at least uh, in terms of short-term veterans that we would be willing to give up.
1: Someone else randomly proving themselves is also probably then an integral part of whatever's happening and so not movable.
0: All right. Well, let's hear that next question.
1: Yeah. Glenn Longwell. Writes in again to ask, if Nolan Jones is playing third right now in minor league, does that mean we shouldn't expect to see him this year as a call-up? Oh, Excuse me, uh, if he's playing right now, if Nolan Jones is playing third right now in minor league spring training, does that mean we shouldn't expect to see him this year as a call-up? My reaction is not necessarily. I assume if certain injuries occur. He's the guy.
0: Like, again knock on wood, uh, you know, something happens to Jose Ramirez, Nolan Jones is getting called up and he's going to play third base starting, I would think. But yeah, he's working third base because right now we have Daniel Johnson, Oscar Mercado and Bradley Zimmer in the Columbus out- in outfield. <laughs> so, you know, he's not going to be getting easy reps because our outfield in the minors is so crowded with guys that perhaps should be in the major leagues right now uh, because we decided to keep you know Ben Gamble, and we have a uh, Luplo up there you know at center as well. So instead of having a you know an actual center field of like a Bradley Zimmer or Daniel Johnson and Oscar Mercado platoon, we're going with the the two veterans. So uh, we'll see how long, how well that works. but as long as Johnson Mercado and Zimmer and even Connor Maribel, a good veteran outfielder as well are all in Columbus. Nolan Jones is going to be getting the reps at third base.
1: And that's where we want him to be playing because... Yeah, he that's has, his natural position. He has so much more value playing there anyway. He's one of our top prospects. We should give him every opportunity to screw up at third. And and that's when we move him. Not Yeah, great to have the flexibility. He's had some experience, but I want to see him play third base. And if that means he stays in Columbus a little bit longer fine but if his bats are ready to go i think that we will know the moment the team has that extra year of control <laughs> because this team desperately needs offense i think that brings us to the end of the podcast
0: okay i think it's time for an ee
1: uh, e. Gamings poem i do have one selected if everyone's uh, prepared would that be acceptable i uh, if i'm if I I'm, one. I'm
0: i'm prepared <clears throat>
1: Darlin' Castro isn't the hurricane. The only gust that makes me happy, when Jordan Luplow could be unsafe.
0: Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person.
1: sharing with us what she's learned.
0: I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild.
1: Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.